Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 the game. Touchdown. Touchdown. Welcome back, Kyle Pitts. Well, the play we were trying to come out with was Kyle Pitts, Marcus Mariota, touchdown on Samuel Womack third. The 49ers lose today to the Atlanta Falcons 28-14. Sterling Bennett, Evan Giddings with you, taking you up until 5-15, and we'll turn things over to the Sunday night football game. Big exciting game coming up. More exciting than the 49ers-Falcons game, quite honestly. Sterling, what was Samuel Womack doing guarding Kyle Pitts in the red zone? Well, nothing, because he wasn't guarding him at all. <laughs> it was a touchdown. But my question is, why is a 5-10 corner guarding a 6-6 tight end in the red zone when you know that was that seven, eight inches height advantage? Like, wh- what are we doing? Demeco Ryans, Kyle Shanahan, you got to set your guys up for success. That was the last thing that happened, at least early in that game in the first half. And, Evan, I will let you know, watching this game, I sat there and said, we're down 14 nothing. We eventually come back, being the Niners. We have a chance, right? N- no. <laughs> and it felt like, Every single play Atlanta run or ran, excuse me, it was just a slow death for San Francisco today. Well, they ran the hell out of the ball, that's for sure. 40 attempts, 168 yards on the 49ers defense. The number one overall defense in the NFL. Not today. Not today. I I still believe that statement stands as number one. But boy, Atlanta made you think twice. They made San Fran. And look, people want to say, well, they were injured and they were hurt. You still have, like, people just clap and cheer and applaud at how good the depth is. Well, what do you have depth for? Yeah. To step up when your big boys like Nick Bosa and Armstead and Jimmy Ward and Mosley can't play. You want that depth to step up. What did they not do today? Step up. This is a game they should have won in every facet. Offense, passing it, running it, defense, Pass defense, run defense, they didn't do anything well until that second half. And by that time, it was far too late. Yeah, look, I mean, the Falcons offense out Shanahan, Shanahan today. Like Marcus Mariota was 13 of 14, very efficient, couple of touchdowns, nothing special. But the 40 carries, Caleb Huntley, 16 for 59. Tyler Algier, 15 for 51. Mariota, 6 for 50. Like, they just picked apart the Niners piece by piece defensively, and they made plays on third down. They made plays in the red zone. And as much as injuries is certainly a storyline in this game, the four guys that you mentioned, 
Bosa, Armstead. I mean, Kinlock and certainly thrown there as well, going to IR. Mosley is out. Jimmy Ward. And then you midway through the second quarter, you lose Mooney, don't call me Charvarius Ward. You also, on the offensive side, lose Mike McGlinchey. There are losses sustained before this game, during this game. But I don't know if that can be an excuse when you have the the, the so-called depth, Sterling. When you have the means to be able to overcome an Atlanta Falcons team. And look, your defense I mean, technically only gave up 21 points today. But the offense could not pull its weight when the defense, for really the first time this season looked like it wasn't its number one self. My biggest issue with this game wasn't even exactly the defense. Because, yes, they gave up two touchdowns in this game, technically three, one being in the second half. But they were really good in that second half. And I mean, they looked like the number one defense despite having the depth. The issue was the first half. The Falcons came out on the first drive of the game. 11 plays, about eight minutes, got a touchdown, and put the first touchdown this defense has allowed on the first drive in the first half all season. An offense led by Marcus Mariota that didn't have their number one running back, Coro Patterson, a returning Kyle Pitts, and really an offense that doesn't do much. They won a game against the Browns. Mariota had nine completions. It wasn't like he was or had been this all-pro quarterback. He came in, and he dinked and dunked you, got you on third down. Everything that San Francisco had been dominant, quote-unquote dominant at, was erased in that first half. And again, by that time, when it was 14-14, 21-14, it felt like there wasn't much time because the offense wasn't picking up their end of the bargain. And I thought Jimmy was really good today. Too many drop passes, some penalties in key, in key parts of the game. It just felt like every chance San Francisco had, they bit themselves in the leg. And it was holding themselves back the entirety of the game. And we'll certainly dive into it. 888-957-9570. That's also the number for the Xfinity mobile text line. Evan Giddings and Sterling Bennett with you up until Sunday Night Football at 515. What did you make of the game? Did you feel like injuries were the main piece? Did you feel like the 49ers should have been able to overcome that? What did you think of the defense? What did you think of the offense? I felt like Sterling, both sides of the football, could not play cohesively. And I feel like that's kind of what you're pointing to, especially first half to second half. Look, the defense got stops in the second half. But that also happened to be when your offense sputtered. The offense got you back in the ball game, tied us up at 14, midway through the second quarter. And then a late drive at the tail end of the first half, talking about not being able to, you know, to close in some sense. That's to me where the game flipped. It's also ironically where some of those injuries mid-game came in and I think came into play being McGlinchey along with Ward. They go down in the second quarter. I know McGlinchey tried to get back out there, was eventually ruled out in the second half. But the Falcons go on their opening drive. I mean, they take it down 11 plays, 74 yards, and right before the half, another 11-play, 75-yard drive. Both of those drives in the first half, they produced touchdowns, six-plus minutes. That's generally what we see the 49ers do. But today, it was the Falcons. And so, to me, it just came down to not everyone being on the same page. And that's why I will agree with Shanahan, who we'll hear from later on in the show. To him, it, it seemed very simple. Look, things were not complicated today. It was, quote-unquote, real obvious what went wrong. They didn't execute on third down. The Falcons did. They didn't run the ball well. The Falcons did. They weren't able to stop the Falcons in the red zone. The Falcons converted. 
And that combined with the pieces missing on defense, there just wasn't enough on the San Francisco side today for them to overcome all of that. If I would have told you that San Francisco would have had more total yards in this game, more first downs, okay, they probably won this game handily. But no, no, the Falcons just played keep away. It was, we're going to hold the ball the majority of the game, not let your offense that has been rolling against the Rams and against the Panthers, we're not going to let Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk beat us, albeit Ayuk had two touchdowns. We're not going to let your home run hitters touch the football. Made us two or three yards on the ground every single play, get a third down conversion. And look, people want to point to the injuries. San Francisco came into this game against the Falcons with the lowest bus grade. That is... Essentially, if you have a higher bus grade, you have better health, better injury, I guess, success, you could say. They had the worst in the league, and you added about nine more names to that now. But that being said, you are still a better team than the Falcons, despite the injuries. You want to say no Nick Bosa, no Trent Williams, I get that. You're on your third left tackle. I understand that. But despite all that, there's no excuse as to why you lost today. This was a game you needed to win. Context matters. If you win today, you are at least still in first place in the NFC West. Now you might be tied. You might be tied going into playing the Chiefs. You'd be 4-2 and two going into Week 9, Week 8 against the Chiefs. Feeling pretty good about yourself, right? Well, now you're 3-3. Three and three. You might lose next week against a really good opponent, and you're playing the Rams off a of bye week. You could be 3-5 and five once again. That is the exact opposite place you should be and want to be. Oh, and, and those implications we kind of reference. We'll dive deeper into as this as the show progresses. But we referenced a little bit in the changeover with with Kyle Madsen and Alan Styles doing a fantastic job on overtime. The fact that you could be staring three and five in the face. That's why I felt coming into this game, it was a big game for the 49ers. It was also a big test with some questions that to me they left unanswered, which was, how are you going to play against a quarterback that can run the option? That's something you'll probably have to face down the line against better teams that can do that. Also, how are you going to play from behind? Especially immediately. I know that they trailed by double digits against Chicago. That I throw that game out because of the conditions, because it was Trey Lance's first start of the year. Many different reasons. This was the first game to me where, look, you shot yourselves in the foot, obviously, with a fumble that turned into a touchdown. You go down 14-0 early. But what do you have to respond with? And unfortunately, nothing, 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 nothing whatsoever. They had no answers. And and maybe that's I think we're kind of dancing around the point. That's what's so frustrating is that you knew what Atlanta wanted to do. Right. And you couldn't stop it. It didn't matter. Nothing. And they knew what you wanted to do. And they stopped it. And they stopped it. (laughs) That's really what it came down to. The Falcons want to run the football. They did so ad nauseum. 5.2 yards per play on the ground today. They were about four yards per carry. But again, second and short, third and short, advantageous positions offensively for Atlanta. And whether it was because of Mariota's efficiency or whether the different looks in the backfield you know, gave some of, the, some of the backups on defense a little bit of trouble for the 49ers, there was always seemingly a split second on defense where the 49ers, Fred Warner all the way down, were, were caught on their heels. And that, from the Atlanta side, was then used to churn out four yards of play the entire game. Well, you mentioned a quarterback that can run the read option. San Francisco, even with Robert Sala, has struggled against that. 
Kyler Murray in 2019 a few times. The Rams tried the bootleg with Goff, while San Francisco had more success against that. They have not been good against mobile quarterbacks while Shanahan and Sala and Ryans have been here. Last year against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, they were not that good, almost lost that game too. And you're telling me they have Mahomes next week, they're going to have Kyler Murray twice later in the year. Like, this is something that if you're Kyle Shanahan and Demeco Ryans, you have to adjust now. Because if you don't do it now, teams are going to say, hey, what did the Falcons do in week six? Oh, read option, had the linebackers frozen in the second layer of the defense, didn't know what to do, and Kyle Pitts is wide open. Well, hey, guess what? Zach Ertz for the Cardinals? Bing. Right to him. Mahomes to Kelsey? Bing. Right to him. And guess what? Then you're burnt for 30, 40, 50 yards and three touchdowns later. You're down again, and you just got shown today your team cannot fight back against a really bad team in Atlanta. No, and this is this is where I do think the defense gives people pause for the first time this year. Right. The fact that they were missing pieces, but they also were not able to overcome those, those like the lack thereof on the defensive side of the football against an Atlanta team that is is pretty limited offensively. I know that Kyle Pitts was able to take advantage of Womack in the red zone. Drake London is is a great post up option for Mariota, who is efficient spreading the ball around to everyone. Zacchaeus had a big catch in the in the first half. Like they do have bodies and they do have pieces in place that allowed them to implement their offense, but they are by no means a prolific team that's going to run up the scoreboard. I mean, they scored 21 points offensively today, and their goal was to beat the 49ers seemingly to me at their own game, and they were able to execute that, which which makes it so frustrating. If I asked you the question, how many completions do you think Marcus Mariota's had in Atlanta's wins this year? What do you think it is? On average? Yeah. In their wins? Yes. Uh, 15. 17 again, or 7 against the Browns, 13 against the Seahawks, and today... 13 against the Niners. San Francisco knew he was not going to be a threat pushing the ball down the field. It's a bunch of dink and dunks, screens, quick passes on third down to Kyle Pitts and Drake London. And can you can you explain to me why? Drake London's 6'4". He is. Kyle Pitts is 6'6". So they say. You got a bunch of tiny corners on him. And I get you can only use what you got, but by all means... You know who they're going to want to target in the passing game. If you can't stop them in the passing game, that's fine. Stack the box. Make sure they can't continue to gash you on the ground. How It felt like every single running play, there was he was hit two yards behind the line of scrimmage and drug a guy five yards past it. The, the yards after uh, being hit must have been in the sevens. Because every single play, it felt like Warner and Greenlaw and Amenahue, didn't matter who it was, they were being dragged for first downs every single attempt. And, and, and maybe that's the part that is is also frustrating, the fact that players that were not hurt, players that are starters, Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, they've been fantastic this entire season. The linebacking core has been fantastic. I know the DBs took some hits, obviously, with the Mosley going out last week. Ward leaving prematurely this week. You're, you're left with Womack, Lenore... Henry Thomas, I'm like, obviously those aren't guys you would want to play the majority of snaps in a game you're trying to win. But the amount of, and, and maybe they just stood out because I haven't seen them so far this year, right. but the amount of missed tackles today. Bad. The amount of times that, like you said, a Falcons running back steamrolls 
into a linebacker, into a lineman, and falls forward for two yards. They There was none of that each of the past five weeks for this defense. And for whatever reason, today, the script was flipped because Atlanta was far more physical than the team that I believed before today to be the most physical team in football. Your motto on defense cannot be swarm week by week, and you just not swarm on one day. And I want to ask you this because, look, we know why Bosa didn't play the groin injury, don't want to risk further injuring him and having him be out for five more weeks. Barrett didn't play off IR, ACL, the turf, again, is a bigger question. Maybe it's a looming thing. But it felt, at least to me, that San Francisco came in with the mindset of, we can still beat Atlanta without those guys. And, yeah. well, you got punched in the mouth today. You got humbled. And to me, while I'm not saying they were complacent, I do think San Francisco saw the Rams game and said, wow, we beat the Rams. We just destroyed Carolina. We can beat the Falcons. And it's like, Okay, but a hungry team that in, in the Falcons should have beat the Rams, or almost did at least, should have beat the Bucks last week. They knew they were wronged, and they came in with a point to prove, and San Francisco folded like a white piece of paper. No, th- there was a sense in the air early of San Francisco might be overlooking this team, especially in the first half, and then blink. You look up, you're down 14. And maybe what we learned offensively is... Like th- there's going to be a tipping point of what they can and cannot overcome, even against a team like Atlanta. You know, we kind of tossed around the fact like they're they're about a 500 team. I hate the fact that you can't literally be a 500 team in the NFL anymore. But you're going to be nine and eight. Or you're going to be eight and nine. That's about where we you know we put the Falcons. They're better than you think, but they're not that good. I don't think they're even that good. They're to me the Falcons, while having a good young defense that can keep them in games. Their offense is not explosive. We saw that they had, to me, one big play today. It was the first drive on third down. I think his name is Zacchaeus. Caught a big yeah. slant right over the middle. Gibson missed the coverage, and it was like, okay, like we'll give it to you. We'll bounce back. They were not explosive. It was just grind after grind. Three yards, two yards, five yards. They were not being explosive offensively. And I don't think if you want to win in this league, you can do that. Now, San Francisco, on the other hand, they had some big plays that just didn't count. Brendel's holding call, quote-unquote holding call, got the Ayuk play call back. Warner and McLeod got to get some stick them on their gloves because, by God, you got to catch the ball there, my friends. And it just seems like San Francisco, even when they had a chance, when Garoppolo was putting balls right in the breadbasket, guys who you really wouldn't rely on, like McLeod, to me that should be Danny Gray, or... Yeah. Warner, that should be Tyler Croft. They couldn't come through. And to me, when you're playing a bad team like Atlanta, you need those guys, the fringe guys, to come through, and they couldn't do it. Yeah, on a day when you're not at your best, you do need guys to step up. That didn't happen. That's probably a good segue here for our first call of the post-post show, post-overtime, whatever we're going with this, post-mortem, basically, for the 49ers and the Falcons here on 95.7 The Game, 888-957-9570. Let's go out to San Jose and talk to Joe, because similar to your point, Sterling, I think Joe might be a little dissatisfied with what happened offensively today for the 49ers. What's up, Joe? You're on with Evan and Sterling on 95.7 The Game. Uh, thank you guys. Thanks for taking the guy. Thank you guys hit it right on the money. Uh, it just, it did, um, uh, the big plays didn't come through for the Niners and number 65, the center, he made some three critical penalties that, you know, cost the Niners the momentum to, to, to shift the game and the Niners were on the run. But, um, it was a good game. 
that Atlanta's a good team. They, they're not as bad as I thought they were. Uh, they played a really good game, and Atlanta's error for mistakes was, was pretty much uh, low. But uh, the, the offense, uh, Jimmy G played a good game. It's just they've missed some very critical passes down the stretch that could have given them momentum and could have switched the game. But overall, it was a good game, but uh, the offense didn't come through. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it, Joe. Great call. I think he hit the nail on the head. You know, the offense was was fine today. Thought, I thought it was Jimmy good. He definitely certainly he definitely was not Jimmy bad. I thought he was Jimmy good. Um, you know, it, you know, and looking at you know the Falcons, I, I think just defensively, like to me, they had fourteen third downs. They converted nine of them, but they had eight possessions. That means there is roughly multiple chances in each possession for you to get a stop on third down. And the 49ers just couldn't do it. Those are the plays where it felt like the guys were being dragged three or four or five yards. They would stop them, but like, look, the Falcons do not have the personnel to keep up with San Francisco. And to me, that's that might be my biggest concern is San Francisco is currently playing down to opponents. They lost to the Bears, missed opportunities. The Bears do not have the personnel to keep up with San Francisco. The Broncos, Russ can't cook no more. They don't have the personnel to keep up with San Francisco. The Falcons are not a good team. They do not have the personnel to keep up with San Francisco. And San Francisco, despite beating Carolina and beating the Rams and beating Seattle, they're playing down to bad opponents. And if you want to be called one of the good teams, one of the top teams in the NFC, a wild card team maybe, you have to stop playing down. Because the issue is, you start playing down, then you get caught up and you can't play up anymore. And that's my concern. I do want to give Atlanta some credit because at the end of the day... They won. They also have the same record as the 49ers. Yeah. Both teams are three and three. But I, I do think a lot of people feel the way you do in the sense that Atlanta was perceived as another Carolina. Right. That's not the case. True. But they are closer to being Carolina, obviously, than Kansas City, who the 49ers are going to see next week. Exactly. And you can't go play down to a team, quote-unquote, like Carolina when you have KC looming, the Rams looming. You had to play the Cardinals twice. You have the Raiders later on in the year, and I get it's week six. You had the same record as the Packers, right? That's yeah, Aaron Rodgers and you are the same team. But guess what? The Packers stink. They stink. Right now. I mean, they're going to stink all year probably. Unless you're getting <laughs> no BJ and whoever. But look, San Francisco was 1-3 on the road this year. 1-3. Yeah. You got to go to SoFi in two weeks. Should like, be, it should be another home game. I mean, you like to think, but today was a home game too pretty much. It, it was, was. It was the wideout in Atlanta. And Kyle Shanahan and Demeca Ryans and the Niners couldn't get it done. You are essentially one and three on the road, and you might as well be one and three at home. Well, and, and that's that's the thing. It's like th- this was the first game I felt like the defense the defense was exposed, and you couldn't say that the previous four weeks. Whether you want to peg, you know, this game is their best performance. This game is not like they they were on pace for about is like seventy two sacks this year. They still had some sacks today, but what they couldn't do was stop the run, and they could not keep Atlanta from dictating the tempo of the game it looked it to me honestly if i was not a 49ers fan and i'm looking at the 49ers and the way that they've played the past couple of weeks this is what san francisco does to other teams they do muck it up they do drag you down or up to their level they do out physical you at the line of scrimmage and today atlanta did all of that 
against a team that has been purported so far for the first five weeks to be the best in that fashion. That's to me what is it was a little frustrating for a lot of people. All right. You want to let us know how the game went for you, what you saw from the 49ers say, what you think could continue, what hopefully will they be able to be able to correct down the future. Obviously, they got a big game coming up against Kansas City next week, but I want to hear about today. I want to hear about what you thought went wrong against the Falcons, what you thought about that last drive in the fourth quarter of them milking eight minutes off the clock and getting nothing. I want to hear about what you thought about the defense in the first half. I want to hear about what you think about how the injuries could impact this team moving forward. All of that and more on the other side. You're listening to 95.7 The Game. Evan Giddings and Sterling right back after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Ninety-five-seven. the game. Sterling Bennett and Evan Giddings with you until 5.15. Well, a lot did not go right for the 49ers today. Cam, if you could please give me the play that has pretty much encapsulated how a lot of fans feel about today. It's a bit of a great, but... Garoppolo on play action. Wants to take the shot down the middle of the field. Looking for McLeod, and he dropped it. He had a little separation, and it's third and ten. And that was... Really, out of the first drive of the second half, Jimmy Garoppolo delivered a dime to Charlie Warner up the middle. And, or pardon me, that was on the um, on the second drive of the second half. There was one to Raymond McLeod in the first that he dropped as well. And look, it was a lot offensively of the 49ers were all right, but they weren't good enough to overcome what the defense didn't have on the other side of the football. They didn't play complimentary. First half, offense was good. Defense was bad. Second half, offense wasn't great. Defense was. They couldn't put it together, and they fall 28-14. to 14. Yeah, look, it in that second half to begin for San Francisco, you're thinking, okay, this is your chance to get back in the game. 
You're down 21-14. You have the ball to begin. And what do you do? McLeod drops a pass, three and out. The next drive, okay, your defense comes up big. Cool, great. What happens? Jimmy throws two dimes on two straight drives, both dropped. The big complaint all year of, over Garoppolo's career has been Garoppolo can't throw it deep. Well, guess what? He did it twice today, and the boys didn't come down with it. And, and look, you want to talk about how the defense was bad in the first half and the offense was good and vice versa in the second half. San Francisco's offense this season has been atrocious in the second half. This year alone, San Francisco scored 36 total offensive points in the second half. They're averaging six points a game in the second half. They scored zero today. Zero. Well, and really self-inflicted wounds like we heard on that call. By the way, Noah Eagle, Mark Schlereth, Fox Sports. Uh, self-inflicted wounds were the theme of the day, and Jimmy Garoppolo talked about that after the game. Self-inflicted wounds was a big, that was the story of the day. And, you know, those are correctable, but it's just you, you can't have them. You can't have as, have as many as we had out there, and when you do have them, you got to overcome it, and, you know, we didn't do that today. So it starts with me, though, and we just got to be better. See, it's interesting you said that because today I actually don't think it started with him. Not even close. Now, now usually it does. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it can start with Jimmy Garoppolo. But today, despite the two interceptions, one was at the end of the first half, a meaningless pick. Doesn't count. Not going to throw that against him. Although he did have, you know, an oh no throw in the second half that maybe should have been picked. Regardless, overall in the game, twenty nine of forty one, two hundred and ninety six yards, two touchdowns, two picks. But Kyle Shanahan. I think he was spot on in saying in the first half, like Jimmy Garoppolo was on fire. He was 12 of 15 for buck 20 and two scores outside of the interception, of course. This is the second game in a row where Jimmy was really, really good on his game. And you know it, I know it. You cannot waste these performances from him because they're not always going to be there. And I get it. He had maybe one, two Jimmy O'No throws, a fumble got called back late or in the second half, but if you're the defense, if you're Charlie Warner and McLeod and Debo and Ayuk and Kittle, who, albeit individually, did not have bad games, Kittle, I think, was good today. Ayuk had a great game today, but this is two games in a row where there's been some drops, where Jimmy could have had 300 yards last week, maybe even 400 yards this week. He's been really good. Like, like He has been in the zone. He's been Jimmy G. He's been Jimmy GQ, porn star Jimmy, and you wasted it. And you know it might not be there next Sunday, and you have to capitalize on that. Well, and that's another reason that there's frustration, right, is is Jimmy, I, I won't say he was fantastic today, but for what Jimmy Garoppolo is, th- this might be his ceiling, like as far as him throwing the football down the field with accuracy and his guys not picking him up. I know he found Ayuk on that final drive of the game, which we'll certainly get to, which frustrated a lot of people, myself included. Got called back by Jake Brennan holding call. I believe our first caller of the of the of the show referenced the center. That's Jake Prendel. Like those are the plays that they they just continue to shoot themselves in the foot with. And I want to hear what fans think about the game, what they think that is going to transfer, because that, that would be my next biggest question is, well, was this just a fluke? Or are these things that can be corrected? Because we didn't see a ton of them in the first five games of the year. 
But against Atlanta, they were all over the place. So 888-957-9570. That's also the number for the, for the Xfinity mobile text line. Want to hear from you. Sterling, do you, do you think today was just kind of an aberration, sort of a, a mixed pot of the fact that they had injuries coming in and they lost a couple of guys during the game? Or do you feel like th- this is something that, that might continue against potentially better teams, which you got coming up the next two weeks? Yes and no. Because, yeah, there are injuries. Yes, there are things that sometimes you just can't control, right? Ebukam gets hurt. McGlinchey gets hurt. Trent Williams and Nick Bosa aren't playing. But some of the, maybe the drops, the inconsistencies, the turnovers offensively, those have been there in every one of their losses this year. The Bears game, first drive of the game, they're driving. Debo Samuel, fumble. Against the Broncos, they're driving. Interception. It's like, okay. Like, it even happened against Carolina. Right. Didn't but, matter, but it yeah, happened. But then today, you're you're down 7 nothing. You got to fight and climb your way back. Wilson fumbles. They get a touchdown, and you're sitting there down 14 nothing. If Jeff Wilson, and I get it, you can play the what-if game all you want. If he does not fumble, it's 21-14 to at halftime. The defense comes up big, and you have essentially two quarters to get seven points. That game is then coached differently. Kyle Shanahan can do more offensively. It opens things up because, look, Jimmy was still good enough in that second half. But Jeff Wilson was not good, and that game had to be on Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulders. And in times where he came up clutch, nobody else did. It was Jimmy, Ayuk, and Kittle, and a sprinkle of Debo. The offensive line was good for the most part, but critical penalties. And again, you cannot waste that when Jimmy actually is in his bag. He hit three guys on the money. None of them counted in pivotal drives to get you back in this game. You can't do that. Well, I'm glad you brought up coaching because we got one on the line here. We got we got Coach Durant from Union City. I'm curious what Coach. he thinks about this game. Coach Durant, we appreciate you calling in yeah. to the double overtime show here on 95.7 The Game with Evan Giddings and Sterling Bennett. What's up, Coach? Yeah, uh, we're going to do a fake set tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sounds like he's already focused on Monday. That I can't really blame him. So, uh, yeah, Coach Durant, please call back in. Uh, we'll get you on the line. He might, have been, he might have been at Safeway. It's I'm New not York sure. Stakes? Yeah. Hey, Giants are 5-1. Some New York Stakes sound pretty good right now. Giants are 5-1. and one. Uh, Jets, not too bad. Sala. Robert Sala, the not floor. too bad. Miami Dolphins, not too bad. Mike. And, and that's, hey, Kyle Shanahan, this was his homecoming, right, to Atlanta. I mean, he was, he was coming back home for the first time. I, yeah, he was. Welcomed <laughs> unkindly. Right. And it's like, look, t- look, I'm 25 going on 26. I haven't had that 10-year high school, back to the you know, back to the high school reunion, and I probably won't even go to mine. But that being said, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you left with a sour taste in your mouth. And in 2019, you lost to the Falcons late in the year, almost cost you the division. And you took it to him last year. This was kind of the get right game or essentially the you know get over the hump game, be two and one against them as a coach in San Francisco. And for two out of three times, you left a little something in your bed. And it's not a good sign and it kind of stinks because you lost by two touchdowns to a bad team. And if you're Kyle and you're sitting there saying, oh, come back to Atlanta, doesn't mean much. Well, if going back to Denver meant more to you than going back to Atlanta, Hey, Kyle, you lost both those games in two franchises where your family has a lineage and a history of winning. Guess what? You laid a goose egg twice. 
It's not a good look. You should have won today by a lot. And, well, the bed's got a little something in it for you. Yeah, the bed right now is 3-3. Three and three. The bed is 500. Oh. Uh, let's see what, see what Coach Duran has to say about the game. Coach Duran, I believe we got him back on the line. Uh, what's going on, Coach? How are you feeling about the, uh, the loss, 28-14? Hey, what's up, fellas? Happy Sunday. Uh, I got to give the Falcons credit. They came, they saw, and they conquered the obstacle. The Niners struggled overall. Falcons did what they had to do, and they took care of business. Yeah, I got to give some good words to Atlanta Falcons for today. What kind of stakes you making, Coach? I got to know. I think he's gone. All right, see ya. <laughs> I tried. I tried. No, no, no. I that was I was curious what he was cooking up for dinner too. I know what the Atlantic Falcons were cooking up for dinner. 168 yards on the ground. The Niners defensive line. My goodness. And, okay. And, Dirty and, bird. Well, no, and, but that's actually why I, I'm glad you brought that up because as much as and look, we don't know how healthy Nick Bosa was or wasn't. I know he practiced Friday, but it was kind of a walkthrough. Kyle Shanahan said that like he was very close to being ready to play. They just. You know, maybe didn't want to push it any more than they had to. There might have been some medical advice involved. But that's why I thought that entering this game, it was pivotal for him to be on the field. Not just because, of course, they're a better football team with him, but specifically against Atlanta. Nick Bosa does so much more in the run game that I think people account for. And he takes so much pressure off of the rest of the de- defensive line. Even if you're missing Armstead, who by his own right is a very good front, you know, front member, like, Nick Bosa, I think, I don't know if he's worth 14 points, but he certainly changes, like you mentioned, how they coach the game, how they try to defend Marcus Mariota, how the Falcons attack the 49ers defensive line, because when they find out he's not up front, when they find out Armstead's not up front, they already know that Kinlaw's going to be out. They're probably licking their chops back there, even though they don't have their own starting running back. Do you think that Kyle Shanahan saw what happened against Carolina with Mosley? Saw Trent Williams go down on kind of a freak play in Denver and said, I can't lose Nick Bosa for four more weeks. I can't afford to put another guy on IR. I can't afford to maybe have Amenahue playing two positions at once because we're so thin here. Do you think that went into the conversation of, I have seen too many big-name, pivotal players go down the last two weeks I can't afford to lose him. I'll take the L if I have to in Atlanta as long as it gives me a better chance to get a W against Kansas City and the Rams. Sure. I I think that factors into it. But I also, at least from listening to Shanahan throughout the years, he also doesn't seem like a guy that looks too far ahead. Like, he he coaches to win each game. Right. So if you're trying to win this game, your best chance to win the game is with Nick Bosa, not without him, even if it means – like I'm not I'm not saying if you play him today he right. gets hurt, but no, I, I I don't think Kyle Shanahan factored that in as much as okay, look, a groin injury. We just saw his brother go down with one. He's out eight to ten weeks. Joy Bosa is. Well, Kittle missed two weeks. Kittle missed two weeks. Uh, Mooney Ward, a groin injury. Like those that that specific injury, maybe hamstrings you can throw in there too. They're so fickle. You never really know until you test it out. And again, Nick Bosa wasn't really allowed this week to test out how his you know, how his groin was feeling. So no, I I don't I don't think so. But it absolutely impacted the game. And look, I, I do think the the question maybe correlates to a lot of a big concern that a lot of Ford Anders fans have had. And which was the same case in in this game. It's like, are are you coaching scared a little bit, specifically in second halves, for because of the stat that you just laid out at the top of the segment? Six points on average. 
But I think that's kind of what Kyle Shanahan does, right? Where it's, we're ahead in a game. I should probably milk the clock and run the clock out and try to get that clock down to two minutes. But I'll pass on first and second down, then run it on third down. And I'll take 30 seconds off the clock. And you're like sitting there like, Shanahan, you gave him six minutes left. Why? And the inverse is, we're down by 14. Let's run a draw play on third and 12. Let's do a quick pitch to Coleman when it's third and one when you're down by 14. Like, that is where Kyle Shanahan, I think, kind of befuddles a lot of fans where it's like, dude, where is your mindset? You know you have to throw. Throw the ball. They know you have to throw. Do what you got to do to win. And sometimes Kyle Shanahan does some things where it's like, if it works, you're the genius, right? You're you're the offensive guru. If it doesn't work, you got fans saying, I don't know if I can trust you. And I think that's that's where this fan base has been with him since 2019. It's been four years now, and nothing has changed. There's been some great wins, but there's been some really, really bad losses. And today was one of them. Oh, the only guru I know, his name's Daryl, and he works from 12 to 3 on 95.7 The Game along with uh, Matt Steinmetz. But I want to go out to Miguel because you're talking about mindsets, and I want to hear from the fans right now. 888-957-9570. That's also the number for the Xfinity Mobile text line. Miguel from San Francisco, you're next up on 95.7 The Game with Evan Giddings and Sterling Bennett. Sterling Bennett, where is your mindset now, Miguel, after the game here today? Hey, thank you for the opportunity. Of course. Uh, you know, I feel all this time I've been feeling that that Kyle is not the coach for the 49ers. Because I feel like he always says a lot of words, but he doesn't say nothing in the press conferences. And then, you know, I, I don't know if I'm wrong, but I, I, don't, I don't know much about football, but I know that coach got to be on top of the game. Man. And, you know, there was a point today that they did, the coach didn't even know what, what down it was. And then they, they got to tell him what down it was. So I think it was very short. And, 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 you know, that I feel like, you know, a strong team got to have a strong leadership. And I don't think Kyle Shanahan is a strong leader. Yeah, we appreciate it, Miguel. It, it, the leadership versus coaching question always comes into play, especially with the contrast of, you know, the, the head coaches that the 49ers have had before kind of this, this marred, part of of the recent era you know harbaugh obviously more of a leader than you know, a, a technician as a coach kyle shanahan in a lot of ways feels like the antithesis to that but if there's one statistic that i saw today that that kind of you know affirms where miguel feels along with where where we're talking about specifically that second half and especially in the fourth quarter josh dubo of the associated press put this out on twitter the 49ers are 0 and 26 under Kyle Shanahan when trailing by more than four points after three quarters. Only the only other teams without a win in that scenario since Shanahan was head coach of the 49ers in 2017 when he was hired are the Washington former football team and now Commandos, 0-38, the Detroit Lions who are 0-38, and the Cleveland Browns who are 0-34 and 1. That's the group that Kyle Shanahan is in right now when it comes to fourth quarter deficits. If you're a Niner fan, that should piss you off. This team, again, has been good for four years. 2019 going into 2022. There's no excuse. Look, 2017, they stunk. 2-14, I get it. 2018, not much better. I get it, right? Like, 
I'm okay with them not being good in those years. And those stats maybe reflect that. But from 2019, and maybe we should look into that, but 2019 and 2022, you're not making comebacks. And I would like to think, because Jimmy was tied for all quarterbacks in 2019 with the most fourth quarter comebacks. So it must be most of those games do not happen in 2019. So what happened? Because when you were down in 2019, the year you went to a freaking Super Bowl, you were making those comebacks. What changed? It wasn't the quarterback, and the defense has gotten better. So what's the excuse? What's the through line? Oh, it's Kyle Shanahan. When you're down, he gets a little tight and makes some decisions you're not supposed to. Again, last year, NFC Championship game, Kyle Juszczyk third and one on the Rams' side of the ball or start side of the field, you get stuffed. What do you do? You punt. Kyle, you got to win the game. And I get it. It's old. It's history, right? But those are the things that fans glean onto and go, I remember that, and you're still doing it. And that's what makes me upset and should make you upset too. Well, I hate to break it to you. If he's owned 24 since 2017, he also hasn't won one of those games since 2019. Uh, it's numbers, it's numbers, you know. <laughs> but no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, that is a big concern because, look, if, if we're going to talk about people or groups to place blame at their feet for for the loss today, they got doubled up by the Falcons. Anyway, you cut it. 28-14. You lost. You are now, you now have the same record as, as you put it earlier, a bad team. By the transit of property, that means you're a bad team right now. Right. They can't get better, but and they got to because they got KC coming up next weekend. But I do think there is some concern that is valid. And to me, the microcosm for that concern is in the final drive, essentially, of the game for the 49ers. They started their own one-yard line. 16 plays, 80 yards, and they take 8 minutes and 15 seconds roughly off the clock, and they come away with nothing. That is what their defense has done to opponents, and today, somehow, Atlanta did to them. And that in that one drive, granted, Ayuk's catch that gets called back for a holding might change that, but I saw no sense of urgency. I saw a lack of creativity, play calling. I saw a, a, a an apparent need to force feed the run at a time where you already realize he couldn't run the football in that game. And I saw just a, a completely flustered offense for the 49ers against a Falcons team that's not that good. At least defense. So, like, that's to me where I, I understand where Miguel is coming from. I'm not going to go as far as to say he's not the right man for the job. But I do understand where people feel like in the second half, Shanahan kind of shrivels up a bit. Like, that's valid. It feels like he's a turtle, and he goes right back into his shell. <laughs> of, I don't want to look bad, so what I'm going to do is call it safe. Because if I look bad, then I get called out in the media. And you know Shanahan, he does not like being questioned. And, like, I'm not saying that's the case. But when you show more urgency in the first half – with 27 seconds to play compared to the last drive or essentially the last drive of the game where you need two touchdowns and you take eight minutes. I have never seen, never seen this Niners team with this core of Jimmy and Ayuk and Debo move that slowly. They say slow and steady wins the race. Not tonight. That was that was the epitome of what not to do if you're in offense with their back against the wall that has to score not once, but twice. If you would have told me they took four minutes 
and scored a touchdown. Cool. That makes sense. Eight minutes and nothing. Four four minutes, I believe they're at the 40-yard line, own side of the field. It felt like they had moved between their own 25 and their own 15 seven times in, between, in seven plays. Whether it was penalties or dump-offs and running plays, it just felt like there was, again, no urgency. There was, I guess, no fight in them. And that doesn't seem like that's a characteristic this team usually has. But, you know, the, the meal on Twitter of the dog in the heart, <laughs> there was no dog in the heart today. And, and that's concerning. If there was, it was like a chihuahua. I mean, it was it, it, it was it was a small dog with no fight, with no it all bark and no bite. That's what the Fortnite. That's what the Fortnite's were this week. Yeah. I mean, everyone expected them to come. I I didn't expect them to roll, but I feel like that was the consensus entering this game. I mean, five points against a Falcons team that has played in a single digit result each of their first five weeks to me is very pesky. And I was afraid, I was afraid of what happened today, that the Falcons would drag the 49ers into the mud with them and then essentially stranglehold them and drown them in said mud while they wipe themselves off, dirty as they may be, the dirty birds, and then walk to a victory. Like, that is the frustrating part. We got to hit a break, but I see Alex from Atlanta, mind you, on the other side. We're going to get to you, Alex, and hear what you have to say about the 49ers. Maybe maybe Alex was at the game because it essentially was a home game. It was a home loss for the 49ers. 28-14 to 14 today, week six. 49ers fall to 3-3 three and three with the loss to the Falcons. Evan Giddings and Sterling Bennett are with you until 5-15. We'll take you up until Sunday Night Football here on 95-7 The Game. We're back after these messages on 95-7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 